Welcome to the Liberty Block. I'm Alu Axelman, joined by the great senior political analyst, Stephen Axelman, my father. Thank you for being with me for this short one-off video. Good afternoon. Great to be here. All right. So over the weekend, I'll give some people the juicy background details. We've been fighting pretty hard, um, all of us in the group chat of the Liberty Block team, arguing about the Tyree Nichols arrest and, and um, brutality and that at the killing, and that led to some more um, general debates about police um, use of force. So I, I wanted to say a lot of things. What I find myself keep saying to the other esteemed colleagues in the Liberty Block group and on our podcast co-hosts, um, and they're, you know, they're lawyers and very intelligent people, is I keep trying to remind them that police are only given the authority, according to everyone on all sides, the police only have the authority to apprehend suspects who are presumed innocent and bring them into the court system. And only courts, meaning judges and juries, can adjudicate whether they're guilty or not guilty. And then after that, the judge sentences them and the corrections department essentially gives them the punishment, which is usually nothing more than a, a prison sentence or a fine. Um, but it seems like cops very often, um, I would say extremely often, punish people. They, they see them and they think they did something bad and they handcuff them. They're no longer a threat. They're, they've apprehended them and they punish them because they were bad people. And the people in our group seem to be arguing that they were really bad guys, so the cops punished them, which was appropriate. And I keep reminding them, it doesn't matter if they're literally Hitler married to the devil. You can't punish them. Cops can't punish. If cops can punish and not just apprehend, then we can get rid of the whole court system and correction system and save taxpayer billions. So that, that was my first big point. So just to clarify, very simply, once a person is restrained and can do no more harm and can no longer run away, everything after that is punishment, especially exactly. blows, strikes, kicks. Yeah, and I, I mentioned that. I think I mentioned it pretty clearly in, in the book, Presumed Guilty. It's literally all about whether police punish before someone's convicted or you know whether someone is presumed innocent or guilty here in the United Socialist Police State of America, which is the name of our country we live in right now. Um, we, almost every suspect in general is considered guilty, and then they have to get a lawyer to try to prove their innocence, which is hard. So it's, it's kind of backwards to how it's supposed to be. Uh, but one of the things I mentioned in the intro to the book is, is that there are essentially three different areas, three different scenarios in which a person can use force. And this is all people. Um, Self-defense, they're allowed to use force. And um, police can additionally use force for apprehending a suspect, but only the amount of force necessary in order to make the arrest. Um, and then the third one is vigilantism, essentially a police officer or a person who's a private person who's using force that's not necessary for self-defense or making an arrest is clearly punishing them, which is clearly vigilantism, which again, it's not legal currently vigilantism. And I've written about that a lot. And if it's that third category, it's vigilantism, that if we're gonna say that's okay, let's let's change the laws and maybe amend the constitution and, and switch the presumed innocent to presumed guilty. And then let's get rid of all of the courts and the, the juries and the whole jury system and all the corrections and prisons and everything. And we could save taxpayers billions or trillions. Well, if, interestingly, if even if you say somebody's adjudicated guilty, you still would not be able to kick them in the head. Exactly. One of the things I mentioned in the book, that's a great point, is that e even if someone is guilty, even if the cops were somehow able to get a, a judge and a jury at the roadside and convict them, still the only punishments in the United States are actually uh, prison or jail, parole and um, uh, what, probation. Probation and um, some fines and some rehab and some other specific punishments like rehab and restitution. Um, but there's no torture, there's no physical beatings. So even a judge and a corrections are technically not authorized to do any physical torture. Right. So if the judge sentenced someone to be kicked in the head, it would be on its face unconstitutional because the Eighth Amendment. 
Yeah, Eighth Amendment. I think so. Yeah, cruel and unusual punishment. We don't we don't have any uh, physical torture. So um, I, I wrote some notes down here the other day. I was pretty heated. Obviously, um, I had to call on our CFO and senior political advisor to calm me down, which was great. Um, I had a few notes. I think it was murder with, with Tyree Nichols. I would say it was murder one or two. Again, he wasn't a threat, and they and they kept beating him and kicked him in the head. But people said a kick in the head. It's so rare. And I remember because I wrote the book, and in the book I I have like five or six hundred uh, footnotes, different sources, different links. And a lot of them were kicks to the head. So I, I have, I tried to boot up some videos here of just like five or 10 that I found in the last few minutes of police kicking restrained people in the head. This is just the kicks to the head. I'll try to share the screen and share a few of them here. I know we don't both don't have any time, but there are a lot of cases where people are restrained or not threats and police kick them in the head. And some of them are women. There's a famous video of a cop roundhouse kicking a woman in the head while she's handcuffed sitting on a curb and her eight-year-old daughter is sitting next to her and the cop kicks her in the head. So let me see if I can share the screen real quick. And... Go to these videos. Yeah, let me know if we got this video. Yeah, I can see it. So there's this guy surrendering. And the cop's going to come over and just kick him in the head. This was kind of famous, at least for me. So they're all clearly not threats and the police surrendering. And again, they said they wanted to surrender. I think this guy spoke only Spanish, so he wasn't clear. He wasn't sure, but he's saying, all right, you want me on the ground? Okay, oh, kick him in the head. And then they they beat them. Uh, I have a few others here. Okay, There's a guy that one, that one is quite troubling. And a cop runs over and curb stops him, and then they just keep beating him. I think that was the guy that they uh, tased and pepper sprayed and beat really really badly, and then called for an ambulance and said they're going to try to help him. Uh, this was a woman who's already handcuffed, as you can see here, and the cop's going to kick her in the face. Ooh, kicked her right in the face. Yep. Um, this is a around. They have one guy on the ground who's unarmed and I think handcuffed, and they have around. 30 cops come in and just curb stop him and just keep stopping him space and kick him in the face. So again, you know, all the cops probably said afterwards they felt threatened, but again, the guy is on the ground and he has around 20, 30 cops on top of him. Um, this was another one I just came across on Twitter. It's a white guy. They're all white, I believe. Two cops with what looks like ARs um, and they're going to curb stop him. That, I think, broke his nose and caused his face to start bleeding and they just keep stepping on him and, and hitting him with their guns. And yeah, they keep hitting him with the uh, barrels. So again, clearly punishment. He was not a threat. He's handcuffed. They can keep beating him. I have a whole document here of um, tons and tons and tons more videos here. I just put up like 15 or 20 more videos. Um, there's a bad case from Arkansas, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Um, so many. This, an African immigrant who barely spoke English. They pulled him over for a tiny traffic stop. The cop escalated the situation, which I've seen very often. And then he gets on top of him and the cop puts a bullet in the back of his head and kills him. So execution style. Um, there's so many of these Here's another one where they're just beating, beating this guy. He's on the ground, I think, pretty clearly on the ground, and they just beat him. Um, and then there are a few others from Miami and a few others in Florida, I believe, where the person's handcuffed and the cop does a running soccer kick again to the head. So very, very common. I've seen a lot of these. Um, I'll try to boot up just the the Miami kick to the head because I've seen that video a few times now. It got kind of famous. Um, let's see if we don't have commercials. Yeah, Miami see, police officer. You, a black man is on his stomach. You clearly see he's handcuffed, handcuffed already, and the cop's going to hold him down while his friend does a running kick to the head. Okay, so now they're handcuffing him. Yeah. So again, as, as some have mentioned, I think Bargino mentioned, that's illegal even in the UFC, which pretty much allows everything. So that some of these things are so, so bad. And again, these cops are pretty much um not punished very 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 rarely they are suspended with pay which is a paid leave which i would love a paid vacation 
um, or they're they're put on administrative leave or desk duty. I am so sorry. We had really bad technical difficulties, and my co-host was out for a while, and I kept talking about felony murder. We're going to pick up in a second where I'm talking about felony murder, but I already explained the basics. The basics I explained a lot in this book, and felony murder is a doctrine that is currently used in a few states, I think the majority of states, and it essentially states that even if there is homicide three or homicide two, so not first-degree murder, it can become a first-degree murder crime, meaning like life in prison, if the person who did the actions, or if anyone actually, if the suspect, committed a felony at any time related to the case. For instance, it was used what I'm saying when we get back to the video, I'm discussing some of the worst cases that I mentioned in Prison of Guilty, the book, that everyone should read if you care about criminal justice at all, because it discusses every kind of violation that's systemically involved currently in our system of due process. So. Anytime a person commits a crime and the person dies, for instance, if someone's robbing a bank and the getaway driver is helping, which is accessory to bank robbery, whatever, and if anyone dies in the bank because someone had a heart attack or slipped when they were running away or someone shot at each other, either person gets shot, everyone involved, including the getaway driver and the person who helped lend him the car and the person's mother because that's where he stayed, everyone is charged not just with a felony of accessory to a crime or accessory to murder, they are all charged with first-degree murder, which carries life in prison or even a death penalty in some cases in some states. So um, I discuss a few of the cases in the book where someone indirectly owned a car and let someone borrow the car at a party, then he went to sleep and another guy took his, took his car because he said he could use it anytime and went to a friend's house to try to settle up some um, money they owed them for some cannabis dealings, and someone ended up dying. And the person who was sleeping, who owned the car that they used to drive to the other house to talk about a weed deal, and it went wrong and someone died, um, that person who was asleep miles away was charged with first-degree murder. And there are even worse cases of this, a lot of really, really bad cases. So that's what I'm talking about here, and I'm saying how the, the cops in the Tyree Nichols case could be charged with first-degree murder in three different ways. Number one, felony murder, because they were committing the felony. that They were actually charged with the felony as well by the prosecutor of um, assault, aggravated assault, kidnapping, unlawful detention, all that stuff. So those are murders, and a person dies, and they could be charged with felony murder because the prosecutor only charged the uh, five cops with, with homicide two, not homicide one. Homicide two carries like 10, 20 years in prison, and again, that could be knocked down to like one year or just probation. So so um, they could be charged with first-degree murder based on felony murder or based on um, direct first-degree murder, which is premeditated because they might have known each other actually. And um, I think I mentioned later in the video, it is possible that they know each other, or they probably did know him because they were in that area and he probably had violence with the law. As they mentioned, he's a criminal. So and the third way would be um, what is essentially premeditated murder, um, but kind of in the, just in this situation where there are court cases where people have been convicted of first-degree murder, where it wasn't premeditated because people, we learned in first grade as premeditated, but um, it could be first-degree murder if, if it's um, the person committing the murder during the act has the time with which to reflect on what he's doing and still chooses to continue doing that thing. For instance, there's, I think, the case that set the landmark for this in, I believe, a federal court was a person was choking someone else with a, a wire, and like a telephone um, cord wire or something, and they took a few minutes and they readjusted and made it tighter and choked them. And just that readjustment and the time to reflect on what they were doing made it first degree murder, even though it wasn't necessarily premeditated. They didn't plan on it the day beforehand. Um, they didn't plan on it, but just because they had time to meditate on it made it premeditated. That was first degree and that was a conviction. So these cops clearly were beating him for what, 5, 10, 20 minutes. They had time to think about beating him to death um, and he died. 
Um, I, I saw some person, I think Branca, who's supposed to be some uh, lawyer who's very arrogant, is also a misogynistic, pretty hateful person. He mentioned on a YouTube video that a friend asked me to watch. I spent, you know, uh, like 45 minutes watching. I sped up his two-hour video, and, and he makes no good points at all. He tries to defend the cops, but one of the few points he makes is that they died. That Nichols died three days later, so clearly they didn't beat him to death. And I'm like, wow, that's your best point. That was his best point in the whole video. The rest was all really just horrible pro-police bias, um, saying, oh, they punished him because he was a bad dude. And it's really sad for a self-defense lawyer, who's a self-defense firearms lawyer, to, to think that way. Um, but he kept saying, oh, he died three days later, so maybe someone at the hospital killed him. Maybe he had other drugs in his system, like fentanyl, like George Floyd. So really, really stupid. I can tell you, as a paramedic of, like, 11, 12 years experience in emergency medicine, you can beat someone, and they can die three days later from those injuries. From head bleeds, to liver laceration bleeds, to spleen bleeds, to other stuff, to spinal issues, to swelling. Um, or just infection, because they were beating him, I assume he was bleeding, he could have gotten an infection from a cut to the outside uh, environment. Um, it could have been, you know, but most likely it would have been a head bleed. And, and this lawyer, for the most part, mentions um, that that's one of the biggest reasons why they, it couldn't have been them who beat him to death. And then he says maybe one cop beat him. One cop is guilty, maybe, of homicide because he kicked him in the head and that can cause um, lethal injury, but the other cops didn't. And later in the video he said, well, that cop also punched him and that could be lethal as well. And the other cop punched him, so maybe two or three cops or four or five of the cops um, really could be charged with murder. So by the end of the video, he kind of uh, uh, defeats his own point that he made, his assertion that maybe one cop is guilty of homicide. By the end of the video, he admits it's all th uh, five or three or four of them. So pretty interesting. Um, I'm not going to link to that video because it's a waste of two hours, quite frankly. So let's get back to the video. We're going to jump in with me talking about felony murder. And thank you very much. The uh, friend at a party to borrow his car and they used that car, went to a neighbor's a drug deal, a drug house, and someone ended up dying. And the person who owned the car, who was sleeping at the time, was convicted of felony murder. So they've used this for, for very direct things, a lot of other stuff too. And they convict them of first degree murder, life in prison. And um, in fact, some prosecutors and, and cops even wanted to get teenagers life in prison and death penalty for felony murder. Really, really bad. Um, this, these cops obviously were, were charged with other felonies. So we know their felonies. There was um, aggravated assault, assault, um, kidnapping, wrongful detention, aggravated kidnapping because they have guns, which makes it aggravating technically. Um, they could easily be charged with, with felony murder. And the third way is that they might have actually known them and premeditated and might have targeted this guy because there's a rumor. It's only a rumor for now that this person might have been sleeping with, with one of the cops' wives. And that's only um, a total rumor for now. It's hearsay. But, but if there was any relation, and they probably knew him because they were in the area. So if they did know him, that could be a third different way that a real prosecutor, like a private prosecutor, if we had that, could get a, a first-degree murder kind of charge against him. So there are three different ways that this could be first-degree murder. But again, it would it would be surprising to me if these cops were convicted, even of second-degree murder. But again, I would love to go after everyone in the department, especially the chief and everyone. They should all be in prison for a long time. It looks like we have our co-host back. Okay, sorry about that. Lost the internet. Anything else you wanted to say? Um, I was just going through the, the first degree and second degree murder differences. Right. Well, I don't play a lawyer on TV, so I don't know technically. But after the Floyd business where there were convictions, I I happen to optimistically believe that pendulum is swinging ever so slightly towards people reacting to these to these incidents. So only time will tell. What I don't understand is what goes through a police officer's mind when they kick somebody in the head. I, that's beyond me as a professional. My professional discipline would never in a million years let me do such a thing. So that's what- Yes, vigilantism is violence. And again, their pride is hurt. If you hurt their pride by disrespecting them by not obeying their orders, the, um, then they'll kill you. And they believe that you should be beaten or killed. Sadly, I'm almost forced to believe that it is a matter of pride. And that is a very scary thing.
I mean, here a lot of people say they should have obeyed the orders. And again, when I was conservative pro cop, I used to say the same thing: just obey, don't resist, and you'll you know you can fight a different day. Um, but again, number one, what kind of country do we live in? If we say if you don't obey the cop, you get a death sentence right at the roadside. That's the first issue. Well, they don't ever word it that way. Yeah. Just um, say, well, so, since you didn't obey, therefore dot dot dot, and no one likes to finish the dot dot dot. Yeah, and and before we finish, the only other cause for optimism, I think, is that the body cameras and stuff and video footage in general from people and surveillance cams and body cams are getting better every day. Um, and with FOIA requests, the police actually do release some video sometimes a little bit. So that's at least the good news. Um, so check out libertyblock.com. We might do an article on this. I probably don't have time, but we have a lot of articles about police use of force. And please check out Presumed Guilty. Um, and thank you very much. We'll put it up on the podcast. Have a great night. Don't forget to read that book.